Good morning, church family, and happy Mother's Day. Hey, I want to start with a, a question this morning. Uh, is it just me, or, or does it still seem uh, that time uh, just seems to, to pass so quickly? You know, I know a lot of things have changed, and many of us have been staying at home uh, for several weeks now. Uh, but it seems like one thing that hasn't changed, uh, at least for me, is uh, how quickly the days and weeks just seem to seem to go. So it just seemed to pass so quickly. It just seems like yesterday, literally, that uh, we were here uh, enjoying a Sunday service together. And as I was reflecting on that and uh, recently, uh, you know, came across uh, some things in the news about the challenges uh, that this stay-at-home situation has created for couples and for families who have been living in close quarters and, and forced to rearrange uh, schedules and routines, uh, it really reminded me of the importance, uh, how important it is to choose, to dedicate, to prioritize uh, corporate gathering, uh, to worship the Lord together, even via uh, the internet, uh, to literally uh, choose on the Lord's day to stop uh, whatever routine you've developed uh, Monday through Saturday and to devote this time to, to worshiping, to focusing individually and as a family upon the Lord. Okay, because uh, even though we've been staying home, uh, many of us are still just as frazzled. Many of us are still uh, just as stressed. Many of us are still time crunched. And the need to call time out, the need to rest, the need to say, I am dedicating this period of time to God. Everything else can wait. I am called to love God with all my heart. And we just can't do that in the busyness that many of us still experience during the week. So I encourage you, remove all the distractions this morning and choose to be fully present. Let's worship God together. Let's celebrate the privilege it is to use technology to still be the church, uh, even though we can't gather uh, here physically, we're still the church and we're still gathering corporately to worship God through uh, song and through his word. So I'm going to pray and then Kathy is going to lead us through scripture reading and Vinnie and Shiloh uh, will bring us to the Lord in worship. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for another day of life. Thank you that we can choose right now to pause to gather ourselves and to be fully present, whether we're by ourselves, whether we're uh, with family members. Father, right now it's all about you. Right now it's all about uh, focusing our full attention to worship you in spirit and truth. Thank you, Father, that we're even able to do this and that even in the doing of this, we're reminded that we are still the church, the body of Christ. So, Father, do what only you can do as we gather. Do what only you can do through worship and through your word. We love you so much, and we dedicate this time to you for your glory, for your will to be done. And all God's people said, 
Amen. Let's read scripture together and then let's worship. Hi, I'm Kathy. And the scripture that we're going to be reading today is a passage from Psalm 25. Um, right now in this quarantine time, life is less busy uh, for some of us, most of us, and a little more basic. And even in our spiritual life, it's a little more basic. It's a little more uh, simple. And it's because we're not meeting together. And it's just really comes down to me and God you and God together. So um, so this psalm, to me, is getting down to kind of a little more basic level. It's kind of this stripped-down discipleship um, that it's me before God and uh, God showing himself to me, seeing who I am, seeing who he is, um, humbly asking for his truth, his grace, his forgiveness, and knowing him and following him, and for God to answer that because of who he is. Um, so in our less busy time, let's discover that, let's ask him, and let's know him. So let's read together Psalm 25, 4 through 10. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He humbles, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Thank you. 
Good morning, church family. Um, before we go into meet and greet, I'd just like to talk to you about meet and greet and how much I miss it. I don't know if you remember, but we used to have to limit it to a minute because if we let it go on, it probably lost about a half hour or so because that's just called one anothering. But also, too, if you would like to be part of the video meet and greet, please let me know. My email will appear below me and just email me. I'll give you instructions how to do it. And if you need be, I will come by and film you at your house. I will promise to stay six feet away and I'll do it from the sidewalk. So please email me um, so you can be part of meet and greet. So now we like to have a few people like to say hello, including um, our Wednesday night men's group and our staff. Um, so let's meet and greet. Hi church family. I hope you all doing good in these uh, crazy times. Um, hopefully uh, it'll be over soon. But I miss you all, and uh, God bless you all. Hug, hug to you all. Hi, everybody. What your staff looks like. This is what we do on Tuesday. <laughs> One, two, three. Happy Mother's Day. Well, hello, Saints. This is the uh, Wednesday night men's online uh, life group. We've been having a wonderful time together, but we miss everybody. And we all just wanted to say hello, and we love you to everybody. So, hello. Good morning. This is Mark Bodycombe. And before we pray for our offering today, I wanted to read a short passage out of Mark 12. Kathy and I had the wonderful opportunity a few years ago to go to Israel. And one of the things that we got while we were there was a copper coin. Um, this copper coin is uh, very similar to, or perhaps exactly like the coins that are referred to in this passage in Mark 12, which reads, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. I find these, this passage very, very challenging, and frankly, I hope you do too. And I think it's challenging uh, for us because 
here in 2020, we live in California, we live in Ojai, and we, frankly, most of us have really abundant resources. And that is God's blessing, but the real message that Jesus was conveying to his disciples and the message to us is all about our hearts. He was comparing the widow whose heart was just fully given to Christ and she gave everything that she had to his kingdom. And the rich people were just giving out of their abundance. What do I do? What do you do? And that's really kind of my uh, challenge to you and I, both today and any time that we are, uh, have an opportunity to give back to God's kingdom, is to really ask the Lord to shed his light, to speak to our hearts, to put our minds and thoughts on him. He says in Mark 6 that where our treasure is, there will also be where our heart is. That's such a compelling message. Where our treasure is, is where our hearts will be. So let's just bring our hearts right now to the Lord and ask him to speak to us, not just today, but every day that we have an opportunity to give back to God's kingdom. So would you pray with me right now? Lord, we do thank you so much just for your graciousness and your kindness and the abundant blessing that you have given us. But we also ask you, Lord, today, right now, and, and days in the future, Lord, when we have an opportunity to give to your kingdom, Lord, to speak to our hearts, to give us joy and to give us direction and clarity in how to be generous and how to be cheerful and generous givers. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Good morning again, and happy Mother's Day. I hope everybody's having a fantastic Mother's Day so far. And so we have a special treat for you. We have a Mother's Day video. So sit back and enjoy. Today is a unique day, and it's far bigger than we think, because there are many different kinds of mothers, and all are being honored today. For the mother who's chosen to stay at home while her children are little, May your patience be great and your influence even greater. For the single mom who never planned on doing this alone, may you be consistently strengthened by your Heavenly Father and may you hear His voice singing over you. For the mother who strives to balance work outside the home with love inside the home, may you be given energy, validation, and hope as you make the leap from one world to another every day. For moms who had poor mothers themselves, but who now refuse to let that pattern repeat itself, may the godly legacy you've started be carried on for generations to come. For mothers with grown adult children, may today be filled with laughter and joy, and may you experience deep satisfaction and fulfillment. For women who have no biological children of their own, but who mother younger women as mentors, may you understand your role as a calling from God and as a transformation of their hearts. Today is a unique day, so for all the mothers we mentioned and even those we didn't, be blessed, be honored, be filled with joy. You are making the world a better place because you're filling it with a love that only a mom can give. I hope you all enjoy that wonderful video. 
And usually on Mother's Day, we give out roses at the end of service. But unfortunately, we can't since we're not meeting at this time. But we do have flowers. So ladies and mothers, here's flowers for you. And hope you enjoy and have a happy Mother's Day. Now let's do announcements. We have a few announcements um, this morning. Um, I had to throw the flowers away because my stage crew is not here. Um, we have a few um, announcements. The first one is I just want you to remember that we have a church bulletin online. So all the up and coming men's group, women's group, young adults, everything is in that bulletin. And so now we have a announcement from missions and then Kingdom Kids. Good morning, church family. I'm Aubrey. I'm part of our missions team and just wanted to give you an update on things that are happening uh, with the missions organizations that we support around the world. Um, first of all, Haiti, um, we wanted to let you know that the June trip has been canceled to Haiti and that we're praying about a possible trip in August. We aren't sure what that looks like yet uh, with the virus and just tensions increasing in Haiti. So please be in prayer um, for our Haitians brothers and sisters and just lift them up um, that they might know God's peace in the middle of all of this um, challenge and difficulty. And also as far as the Mexico missions trip, um, there hasn't been any cancellation yet, um, but we are just waiting to see what's gonna happen uh, with the virus and uh, with YWAM and whether we can build houses there. So please be patient if you've signed up. Um, we just aren't sure yet. And if you would like to sign up, um, you can do that when we are able to meet again in person. Uh, and yeah, just please be praying for our brothers and sisters at YWAM who are serving the communities there and just loving on the people that they serve. Um, also, Kaya is uh, our children's home that we support in Uganda and they are doing well. There has been no sickness within the walls of the property and they are um, just really asking for prayer in their communities. Um, there's a shortage of food and no one's allowed to work. So just please be praying for the people of Uganda and we just cover your prayers for the nations. Um, there, we know that there's much suffering here. There's also much suffering happening around the world. And so uh, please just join us and we look forward to seeing you again soon in person and to show each other the love of Jesus. Hi Kingdom Kids, it's Kingdom Kid Kim here. Hey, I'm taking a break from the deep blue sea this week because today's a very special day. Today's Mother's Day. Every day should be Mother's Day, I think. Don't you kids? Yeah, I think all moms agree. Well, today's a special day when we celebrate all the things our moms do for us. Moms are superhero-like in the way that they care for us. When we are sad or sick or in need of help, they use their super speed and super mom powers to care for us. If you think about it, moms are a lot like superheroes. They do it all. They feed us. They comfort us when we're sad or scared. They make us feel better when we're sick or hurt. Or even of those who don't have a mom, there's probably someone in your life who does some of those super things for you. 
and whoever that super person is deserves some extra love today. Moms are always putting your needs ahead of their own, not because they think you'll pay them back, but just because they love you. A mother's love is unconditional and never-ending, just like Jesus' love for us. Moms worry, they discipline, and yes, they might make you feel sad at times, but it's all done for one reason. It's because they love you. Yes, moms love you even when you mess up and make them worry. Just like our lesson this week, when Mary and Joseph, Jesus' mom and earthly father, can't find young Jesus for three days. Three days, they were so worried. And God gave us the commandment to obey our parents. This commandment came with a promise. Read it in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. So to all our moms out there, we love you and we wish you a blessed Mother's Day. Check out our website link under Kingdom Kids and see all the great ideas your sweet children can show their love and appreciation to you and throughout the year. You moms are our superheroes. We love you and happy Mother's Day. Well, good morning again. We're going to continue our study through the first chapter of Ephesians. And in my preparation, I came across a quote by a gentleman named Wayne Barber that uh, really helps us to uh, understand the significance of what God has been teaching us through Ephesians chapter 1. And this is what Wayne Barber says. If you were to come to me and say, Wayne, if you had one chapter in the Bible that a new believer should be studying and should understand, what chapter would it be? I would have to say the first chapter of Ephesians, because in that chapter, everything that God has done for us is carefully outlined. It shows us His grace. It shows us His love. I've shared with you in the past a few weeks that uh, the first three chapters of Ephesians is really laying the foundation for how we're to live our lives as saints, as followers of Jesus. And so if we don't take the time to carefully study, understand, appropriate what the Apostle Paul uh, is saying in the first few chapters of Ephesians, it's going to have a profound impact on how we live out our Christian lives uh, on this planet. And it reminded me of a story uh, that I came across years ago, and I've shared it here at the well a few times. Uh, and the story is about a traveler who uh, didn't have a lot of money, but, but over time saved uh, his money and eventually was able to purchase uh, a ticket uh, for a cruise. So uh, he purchases his ticket, but realizes that he no longer has enough money uh, to buy food on his cruise. So uh, he decides to pack his suitcases full of peanut butter and, you know, bread and everything else. And, and as the cruise begins, every time uh, it's time for a meal, uh, this gentleman would retreat to his cabin and make himself a peanut butter sandwich. And this went on for a few days until finally he had had enough. And uh, one day he stops one of the crew members and says, hey, you know, this is my situation. Is there any way I might be able to get some leftovers uh, from one of the dining rooms? And the crew member looks at the passenger and says, sir, didn't you realize that your food and all the meals were included in the price of your ticket? 
And I love that story because a lot of believers may not fully grasp what is included in the ticket called salvation. Now, we're not coming to Jesus for what he can give us. It's not a prosperity type of gospel. But in Ephesians chapter 1, we've seen that really uh, we have been blessed already. We have every spiritual blessing as part of the salvation ticket, if you will. And many of us, uh, you know, I call that illustration prime rib versus peanut butter. Many of us as believers may be, you know, living more of a peanut butter life versus the prime rib life uh, that was included in the ticket. Okay, that's why what we've been studying so far is so important that you take the time not just to understand it, but to appropriate it, to celebrate it, to live it out daily. So Ephesians 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so from verse 4 forward, we have been really examining many of these spiritual blessings. In verse 4, we saw that we are chosen in Christ to be holy and blameless before God. In verse 5, we've been predestined for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Verse 7, uh, we have redemption. We have forgiveness. Verse 9 and 10, we have the knowledge that God is in control and working all things according to his plan. And I hope and I pray that you have been really appropriating these incredible blessings that you already possess. It's already part of the ticket, right? That, that's what, in many ways, is a foundation for our joy, for our confidence, for our hope to go out there and not be driven by feelings, not be driven by circumstances, but to really live our lives out of these profound truths of what we already possess in Christ. So this morning we're going to focus on verses 11 through 14, and this is what they say. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. So verse 11 speaks about uh, us already having an inheritance, and we've spoken about that before. Romans 8, 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. When was the last time you pondered the truth that you are an heir of God? You are, according to Romans 8, 17, a co-heir with Christ. That alone can radically transform how you see yourself in Christ. We saw that this is really possible, again, because we've been adopted as sons. 
into the family of God. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I love this passage of scripture because it gives us a little more insight into the nature of our inheritance. What is it? It's imperishable, it's undefiled, it's unfading, and it's kept in heaven for us at this very moment. The Life Application New Testament commentary says this, God has been keeping and still keeps the inheritance there in heaven, prepared, reserved, certain, and waiting. No matter what harm might come to believers on earth, the inheritance awaits, for it is kept safe with God. I love that. And I love that, that word certain, because there's a lot of uh, believers who live still with lingering uncertainties, lingering insecurities. Uh, and that word certain made me uh, think of a quote that was attributed to Benjamin Franklin uh, back in 1789. Uh, Benjamin Franklin wrote a letter, and in that letter it said this, Our new constitution is now established and has an appearance that promises permanency. But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Isn't that interesting? From a human perspective, nothing in this world is certain except death and taxes. I praise God that as a believer in Christ, these spiritual blessings that we have been looking at, our inheritance, those are certain. Our biblical worldview of what is certain and not certain is radically different than those who don't know Jesus. And I hope that these truths will begin to create in you uh, confidence and certainty, and that out of that you will wake up with joy. You'll be set free from fears and, and you know, uncertainties and focus on what we know to be true, right? The certainty of our inheritance. In verses 12 and 13 of Ephesians 1, uh, there's some uh, interesting references. Verse 12 says, we who were the first to hope in Christ. Verse 13 says, you also, right? And, and really uh, what those verses are referring to when it says, we who were the first to hope in Christ, those, those are the Jewish believers in Jesus. And then in verse 13 where it says, you also, that's a reference to the Gentile believers. So what's the point? Really, the point of verses 12 and 13 in those references to two different groups of people is that the blessings of God apply equally to Jewish believers and Gentile believers, the church, according to God's plan. Okay? Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So in verse 13, he's speaking again of the Gentile believers who hear the good news of the gospel, but don't just hear it, they believe. They believe. And if you've been with us for any length of time, you know that we have stressed the importance of the biblical definition of believing, of saving faith, right? I love this uh, definition by Wayne Grudem. He says this, Saving faith is trust in Jesus Christ as a living person for forgiveness of sins and for eternal life with God. This definition emphasizes that saving faith is not just a belief in facts, but personal trust in Jesus to save me. The definition emphasizes personal trust in Christ, not just belief in facts about Christ. Because saving faith in Scripture involves this personal trust, the word trust is a better word to use in contemporary culture than the word faith or belief. The reason is that we can believe something to be true with no personal commitment or dependence involved in it. Trust. Trust. And uh, I've often used this example here on Sunday mornings, and, and I don't know... Um, how you're viewing this in your homes. I don't know if you're in a chair, uh, a couch. Uh, maybe some of you are, are laying down. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but if you're, if you're utilizing uh, some piece of furniture right now, uh, I encourage you to recognize that you are trusting, for instance, the chair that you're in, the couch that you're sitting on. Your full weight, I'm assuming, is resting on that piece of furniture. My guess is uh, you haven't been uh, scared about it collapsing. You're not trying to help the chair support you. My guess is uh, this morning you decided to watch the Sunday uh, church service from this chair, if that's what you're on, and you're trusting it. You're resting all your weight on that chair. And I love that picture that example of saving faith because again it's not just knowing about that furniture that piece of furniture that that's in your home uh, right you know about it uh, you look at it but trust involves you actually putting your weight and resting completely on that chair and if you've never fully put your weight and rested, trusted Jesus for your salvation. My encouragement to you right now, choose to hear the good news of the gospel that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, that through his blood you can have redemption, you can be delivered from the penalty of sin, you can be delivered from the power and slavery to sin. You can know for certain that one day you will be freed from the presence of sin. Right now, choose to trust Jesus.
for your salvation. I encourage you to do that. Don't just hear it. Don't just believe facts about Jesus. Trust him right now. Just rest in Jesus, right? And then we learn that when you are saved, you are sealed. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This sealing is so important, again, to understanding what we already own what we already possess, who we are in Christ, creating a sense of certainty and confidence, right? That it, the, when it says we were sealed, it refers to uh, back in that culture, an engraved object, maybe a ring, was used to make a mark denoting ownership or approval. Okay, it was normally done by pressing, if they had a, a ring with a sign, uh, called a signet ring, right? They would heat wax or have clay and they would push into it with the ring and leave a mark. That was the seal, okay? Usually attached to a document or a letter. Uh, it serves as a legal protection and guarantee, okay? A couple examples. Uh, in Daniel 6, verses 16 and 17, it says this. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. We see the same type of situation when Jesus was buried and they put the stone in front of his tomb and were concerned about someone trying to steal Jesus' body. Right in Matthew 27, it says this, Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Uh, many believe what they did is they, they rolled the stone in front of Jesus' tomb and there was a cord, right? So they put clay on either side of the stone and they strung a cord across and, and in the clay, they marked it with the official Roman seal to secure it to secure it, not to be removed, not to be tampered with. When was the last time you rested in the fact that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit? And, and, and that's why this is important, is, is some believers may even wonder if you have the Holy Spirit. Well, according to Ephesians 1.13, at the moment of salvation, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Who, who's where? Within you. And because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we now have supernatural power through the Holy Spirit to live a godly life, a life that glorifies God, that bears the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, Galatians 5.16 says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, 
and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So Ephesians 1.13 helps us to, to really appropriate the truth that we have the Holy Spirit. We are temples of the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. And we're sealed. We are secure. And then Ephesians 1.14, it says, Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I love the word guarantee. Guarantee. You know, there's been so much change in our world, such upheaval. It's just incredible. Such a blessing to know that we, as believers, have a guarantee. A guarantee. Just encourage you, take as much time as possible to really appropriate the truth that you have a guarantee of your inheritance. Now, it's interesting, uh, the King James Version of Ephesians 1.14 uses an interesting word. It says, uh, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Uh, That word earnest was a trade term, and it referred to the initial payment on a debt. It was made as a promise that full payment would be forthcoming. When an earnest was given, final payment was guaranteed. And this was a common word. Earnest was a common word back in that culture. So uh, when the early believers heard this, again, it would have been significant and powerful. We have a guarantee we have a guarantee. And, and that word earnest, uh, another uh, definition uh, of the word earnest, that definition includes an, a very interesting uh, word picture, uh, engagement ring. An engagement ring. And you think about that in terms of a pledge and a promise. You think about that in terms of the church uh, being called the bride of Christ and Jesus being the bridegroom. And suddenly it becomes personal. And, and in Revelation 19, 6 through 8, we hear about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of many peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saint. I love that picture because, uh, you know, as the church, we can rest. We can know that the marriage is going to happen. It is promised. The bridegroom will come again. And I was thinking about that. And, and the engagement ring and that picture. And it, and it made me think of uh, uh, my daughter who uh, is engaged uh, to be married uh, in June. And, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, Shiloh and Jordan, uh, they got engaged before any of uh, this pandemic uh, was, was manifested on, on the planet. And, you know, it's been a trying time for them. 
because of the stay home orders and the, uh, the restrictions and limitations, you know, they have had to work through the challenges of letting go of many of the traditions and expectations and trappings and, and everything that comes uh, in the way that we celebrate uh, church ceremonies, wedding ceremonies in the church, and then wedding receptions, and you invite a couple hundred people, and, and it, there's nothing wrong with any of it until suddenly, you know, you're challenged with it's all gone. It's been stripped away. And the beautiful thing about uh, watching Jordan and Shiloh work through this and in helping them work through it is, is once all the sort of externals are stripped away, you get to the place where like, well, what is this about? Well, what is marriage? It's really, it's about a covenant between a husband and wife being joined as one, making a marriage covenant before God. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. And here's a great thing. The coronavirus doesn't touch the specialness of the covenant that Jordan and Shiloh will be making in June. And yet, as they've worked through the challenges of disappointment and, and kind of taking a deep breath and saying, okay, Lord, you know, we know this is uh, the time and, and we're celebrating covenant we're celebrating covenant, and, and I want to say thank you, and they want to say thank you to all of you who have uh, expressed your support and prayers uh, for them, and, and please continue to pray for them, because this has never happened before. And so they are walking through this, and in a, in a beautiful way, as God works all things for the good, he's brought them to the joy of the simplicity of making a covenant before him as husband and wife. And the application, I thought, even about us as the church. Because when we take away all the trappings of how we usually do church, getting up, coming to church, serving, and all the activity is suddenly taken away that we associate with how we do church, what are we left with? Our covenant relationship with Jesus. And so my, my encouragement to you is, is reflect on you know, now that all the church trappings have been stripped away for a few weeks, how's your covenant relationship with Jesus? Are you celebrating these truths that we've been learning? Are you growing deeper in your love for Jesus based on his word and who you are in Christ without all the trappings and even distractions of doing church, being busy, going here and there, and, and again, nothing wrong necessarily with any of it unless it's been a distraction away from loving Jesus, right? And so we're going to sing a song called Heart of Worship, and Heart of Worship is really almost a confession song and a comeback to loving, the, loving Jesus simply song, and, and if you've sort of been maybe drifting, if this... Uh, time of just you and Jesus without the trappings of church has been challenging for you, maybe it's because Jesus just wants you to love him for him. All the trappings, everything stripped away, just love Jesus because he loves you. So we're going to sing this song and then Randy will lead us through communion and then I'll come back and close us. 
But as you sing the heart of worship, in this season where the trappings and traditions of church have been stripped away and you're at home, even now, are you celebrating your covenant union with Christ? Are you celebrating being in Christ? Are you celebrating all the spiritual blessings you already possess, all the things that are included in the ticket as a child of God? So let's sing this song. Maybe it'll be a time of confession. Receive God's forgiveness if you've been drifting and then come back to simply loving Jesus in a covenant relationship. So let's sing and then we'll take communion together.
Good morning, church family, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially mine, Connie Brooks in Ventura. Hey, Mom, happy Mother's Day. We're going to do communion now as a church family, and I want to reiterate that this is, in fact, for believers. Referencing what Pastor Richie's been talking about the past few weeks, first chapter of Ephesians, and uh, verses 1 through 14, it gives three elements, three, three areas of spiritual blessing of God for us, a past, a present, and a future. The past having been his uh, election, his predestination for us to follow him. That's his desire. But we have a personal responsibility to accept that call. It's not just a given. We have to call on him as Lord and Savior and follow through with uh, uh, making him the Lord of our life. In the present, we have his bloodshed on the cross and his suffering that bought our bought our, our salvation and it's our uh, redemption in him. And then the future being what we've heard about today, the inheritance, which is all blessings and all that God had uh, set aside that he wants to give to Jesus, he wants to give to us because Jesus is through us and we're through him. And this is just a tremendous thing that we have to remember. Uh, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread and he drank from the cup, symbolizing his body, broken body, and his blood that was shed on the cross. And the, he asked us to do those things in remembrance of him as we take communion. Now, in these times, we're at home, we're in all kinds of places. You can take communion in front of your television set, your computer, uh, your iPad, in your garage, at your workbench. Wherever you happen to be, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you're a believer and that we're remembering him and his sacrifices and those many blessings. So today, we talked about elements even a few weeks ago. I uh, kind of like the Oreo cookies myself. I can break that into pieces to symbolize his body. I can have a glass of milk to wash it down. These are all things that make it very simple. Uh, you can be in your house robe, your pajamas, dressed for the day, wearing a Dodger jersey. You can even wear a giant jersey, and I have it on good authority that those have been on sale for half price for a few years now, if that's your thing. So the point I want to make is that these blessings from God, we have the tremendous opportunity to receive this free gift from him, and we can take this communion and we can remember him, but only if we're a believer. And we look to scripture to give us the guidance in those areas and all of the instruction that we need for life. But folks, it really is simple. We have a prayer email address now. It'll be thrown down here at the bottom. Beautiful. You can contact the church. You can be specific, ask for a specific uh, person to contact you for prayer. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and you can't participate in this with any... Uh, with any reverence, we would ask that you would contact us through that website and through that email address, and we would love to reach out with you and pray with you. It is so easy to join the family of God, and we just ask that you would uh, listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you today and through this message of Pastor Richie's, and we just ask that you would take that, what he's put on your heart, and act on it personal responsibility to reach out and then follow through with obedience to him and be baptized after. We'll figure it out through social distancing and whatever we have to do. We'll make it happen for you. And again, I just want to thank you for 
being with us today in the service. Pastor Richie's going to close out his message. And again, happy Mother's Day to everyone. God bless. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you again for our time together this morning. Thank you for all the spiritual blessings that we have in our possession at this very moment in Christ. Father, may these truths profoundly impact how we choose to live out our lives for your glory. We recognize our dependence upon you in all things. We ask you to empower us, to enable us through the indwelling Holy Spirit to live our lives in such a way that you are glorified. Again, Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. We love you so much. And all God's people said, amen. Well, God bless you. We love you. We hope you have a happy Mother's Day, and we look forward to being together once again next Sunday. Have a blessed week. <laughs>